Isaiah chapter 16, verse 1. This is a conclusion of what was said in Isaiah chapter 15, when the Lord spoke a prophecy against Moab that he was going to destroy the land of Moab. This is the continuation of that prophecy. 1. Send a lamb, ye, to the ruler of the land, from Selah in the wilderness unto the mount of the daughter of Zion. This is a commandment from the Lord that Moab should bring sacrifices to Israel so that God will forgive their sins as they had sometimes done in the past. 2. And it hath come to pass as a wandering bird, a nest cast out, our daughters of Moab at fords of Arnon. Arnon is a river. The people of Moab are going to be wandering refugees going to the river looking for a place to live when the Lord brings an opposing army to attack them. And they're going to be wandering around like birds that are thrown out of a nest prematurely. 3. Bring ye in counsel, do judgment. Make as night thy shadow in the midst of noon. Hide outcasts in the wanderer, reveal not. This is saying that the land of Judah or the land of Israel should harbor any refugees from Moab and hide them from the enemy. Even though the Lord is speaking judgment against Moab, those who flee should be helped out by Israel. And likewise, in verse 4, he's going to say that in the end times, those who flee Israel should be harbored and helped out by the land of Moab. Isaiah wants the land of Israel to take in the refugees of Moab when the Lord strikes Moab now, so that in the end times, during the tribulation when Israel is being attacked, anybody who flees Israel can be helped in Moab. In the book of Revelation, it says that the Israelites who are hiding from the Antichrist will hide in Petra. Petra is a city that a lot of tourists go to. It's a city built in rocks. And right now it isn't being used. But when the Antichrist comes, Israelites will go to Petra and hide in those rocks. It's a city that isn't easy to take over because it's built straight into the mountain. Petra is near the Arnon River and it is in the ancient Moabite territory. This is very prophetic that Isaiah is saying, someday when the Antichrist comes, our people will have to hide in Petra, which is your territory. So right now, I'm asking my people to take you in, in your tribulation. 4. Sojourn in thee, do my outcasts, O Moab, be a secret hiding place to them from the face of the destroyer. For ceased hath the extortioner, finished hath been a destroyer, consumed the traitors down out of the land. And this is talking about the end times, when those who follow the Lord from Israel will have to hide in Petra from the Antichrist. 5. And established in kindness is the throne, and one hath sat on it in truth in the tent of David, judging and seeking judgment and hastening righteousness. Now this is talking about the millennial reign of Christ, which comes after the tribulation. So he says, our leader is coming soon, and he will judge righteously from our land. And that's talking about Christ. 6. We have heard of the pride of Moab, very proud, his pride and his arrogance, and his wrath, not right are his devices. 
it's pride that leads people into sin because they think that they're better than God's laws or they're better than God and they don't have to follow rules. And that's always pride. The Moabites were very proud. Even though they knew that God is real and that he is the only God, they still chose to continue following their pagan gods because that was their tradition. 7. Therefore howl doth Moab for Moab, all of it doth howl, for the grape cakes of Kirharaseth it meditateth, surely they are smitten. The Moabites, when they get attacked, they're going to be hungry, they're going to dream of when they were able to eat grape cakes. Grape cakes are a very popular food in the Bible. Raisin cakes, fig cakes, these grape cakes are probably raisin cakes. Even armies would eat those to get nourishment in King David's time. 8. Because fields of Heshbon languish, the vine of Sibma, lords of nations, did beat her choice vines. Unto Jazer they have come, they have wandered in a wilderness, her plants have spread themselves, they have passed over a sea. The area of Heshbon is going to get attacked, the area of Sibma will be attacked, and all the way to the city of Jazer. When it says her branches are stretched out over the sea, those branches mean branches of the family tree. So those are tribes out of Moab that are getting scattered because of the war and desolation. 9. Therefore I wept with the weeping of Jazer, the vine of Sibma. I water thee with my tear, O Heshbon and Eliela, for, for thy summer fruits and for thy harvest the shouting hath fallen. Isaiah himself is weeping for the Moabites that are going to be destroyed. Prophets always cry. They always weep for those who have received judgment. Because prophets don't want anyone to go to hell. They know that when those people die, they're going to go to hell because they didn't repent. And that's why prophets wear sackcloth and ashes. They're mourning for all of those who refuse to repent. The prophets of today wear gold watches and $1,000 suits, and they drive luxury cars, and they own jets. They're not prophets. They're frauds. And they don't care about anybody. They don't shed one tear when they know that their congregation is living in willful sin. They don't warn people to stop sinning, except on rare occasion just to look good. They'll say it in passing. But they spend most of their time prophesying good and saying, Oh, you're going to have a great business. You're going to have children. You're going to have all these things from the Lord. But they don't spend time teaching people how to repent of their sins. Every prophet in the Old Testament refused to take money from the people. They wore clothing of mourning and they cried for those who were getting judgment. And most of what they said was warnings to repent. The prophets coming in the end times, the two witnesses, are going to be exactly like the Old Testament prophets. There's only one kind of real prophet. It's the prophet that we see in the Bible. Also, the prophets in the Bible didn't walk around calling themselves prophets either. Even Isaiah himself called his wife a prophetess, but he didn't call himself a prophet. They were all humble, but you just don't see that today. You see a lot of fraud. 10. And removed have been gladness and joy from the fruitful field, and in vineyards they sing not nor shout. Wine in the presses treadeth not the treader, shouting, I have caused to cease. Isaiah says that he won't allow his own people to rejoice 
over the fall of Moab. The Moabites are their cousins. Even though a lot of Israelites hate the Moabites because of all the times that the Moabites persecuted them, Isaiah says, no, you cannot throw a party. You have to mourn over them as I am. 11. Therefore my bowels for Moab as a harp do sound, and mine inward parts for Kir Haresh. Isaiah is playing a funeral song in his soul for the Moabites. When he says my bowels, he just means in his soul. 12. And it hath come to pass when it hath been seen, that weary hath been Moab on the high place, and he hath come unto his sanctuary to pray, and is not able. 13. This is the word that Jehovah hath spoken unto Moab from that time. Isaiah says that the Moabites will go to their high places, and they will pray to their gods, but nobody will answer, because their gods never existed. You can only repent and pray to the real God, and then you'll get an answer but they stubbornly go to their own gods, so they receive no help. 14. And now hath Jehovah spoken, saying, In three years, as years of an hireling, lightly esteemed is the honor of Moab, with all the great multitude, and the remnant is little, small, not mighty. The Lord is going to destroy the Moabites in three years from the time of this prophecy. This is very shortly after King Ahaz died. The Lord prophesied through Isaiah that the Moabites only had three more years, and then they were going to get destroyed. Only the weakest people of the Moabites will be left. Isn't it interesting how God always wipes out the mighty and leaves the weak to inherit whatever is left of the land? In our weakness, he is strong, and it's weak people who trust him. And that's why the Lord doesn't want all of us to be rich millionaires. When we have money, we don't trust him anymore. And Jesus spoke of this in the New Testament. But the prophets of today tell you that God wants you rich. God wants you full of faith. And if you're rich, it will be very difficult for you to have faith, real faith. It's the weak people and the helpless people who easily run to Christ and who quickly believe That's human nature. If you're poor, rejoice, because you have strong motivation to put all of your faith in the Lord on a daily and even an hourly basis. And that concludes Isaiah chapter 16.